Hello everyone, welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. This show is all about exploring the difficult and challenging questions of being human, wrestling with the complexities of what we believe, and discussing and exploring some of the questions along our faith journey. This week on the podcast, I've got Reverend Robin King joining me again, and we're talking a little bit more about the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus shared with his disciples. As part of that message, Jesus told his followers that they are the salt, they are like light. And as with any biblical story or any piece of scripture, there are so many ways that we can interpret that. I hope you enjoy this conversation where we try to unpack some of that story and explore what those words maybe mean for us today. So here is my conversation with Robin King. Robin, thanks for joining me again today. Hi, Ben. Uh, today, I'd like to talk a little bit about, well, I, re- I read your blog, as I usually do, and it's always fantastic. And for the last couple of weeks in church, you've been talking about Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, and this this blog post this week related back to that. And you've you've uh, you've shared messages and 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 thoughts uh, in uh, in church in the past several years relating to this story. So it's one I'm fairly familiar with, but I love how you always find kind of a new angle or something something new to unpack about that story. And one thing that I thought we could talk about today that would be really good is this idea of um, each of us being light in the world. So, So take me back to that biblical story. And if you remember, you said something in your blog about us being like light in the world. Are you asking me to remember stuff I've said before, Ben? Well, you just wrote That's it a few dangerous. days ago, didn't you? That's always t- just don't don't check cross check it just in case. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, the Sermon on the Ma- uh, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, actually, the thing is, so first of all, uh, in in any of the Gospels, the longest continuous sort of teaching or uh, discourse, if you like, lecture, whatever, that Jesus TED talk. TED Talk. It's a TED Talk. <laughs> Jesus' TED Talk on the mountain. Um, that actually makes this conversation so much easier, but I don't get to do a joke. So hang on a second. Uh, so uh, this is the longest continuous piece of Jesus' teaching, right, in any of the Gospels. Um, and we call it the Sermon on the Mount because it starts, the way it starts is that um, uh, Jesus sees there's a crowd, so he goes up the mountain and then he begins to speak to the disciples. And off he goes. Um, the thing is, though, that most biblical scholars, I think, will tell you that that the odds are pretty good. This is not one continuous speech from Jesus. What uh. happened probably was Matthew assembled, uh, um, like he just kind of consolidated a bunch of really good teachings all together into one package mm. um, to, to um, make it a little bit more cohesive, right? Because, in fact, there is actually a really interesting structure, I think, I think there's a really interesting structure to the Sermon on the Mount. It's a two-part. I know, I know lots of biblical scholars will tell you there's a whole bunch of parts and there's a whole bunch of things, but I think there's, there's basically two for me. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But the, um, the thing is, uh, whether it is or it isn't, it, it is essentially consolidated one place, just like in a sermon, all of Jesus' key sort of ethical teachings. Um, it also includes uh, the words of the Lord's Prayer, which is why lots of people say that's the most important part of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it isn't. Um, but uh, that also depends on whether or not you think the Lord's Prayer is the prayer that Jesus taught us to use all the time, or it was Jesus' suggested technique for praying. Um, mm-hmm. But we can talk about that another time. Um, the Sermon on the Mount is really, kind of, we call it a sermon, right? So here's the interesting thing about it, though. Lots of people are always telling me that a sermon, a good preacher, always starts with a joke, right? right? Okay. And and like even people who, t- t- who tell you about like public speaking, uh, TED Talks, um, anything yeah. like that, you should always start with a joke because it breaks hook. the ice. It's a good hook. Yeah, it gets people's attention, breaks the ice. And that would be great if, in fact, it was funny and or people understood the joke. Um, but nonetheless... Do you struggle with that sometimes, Robin? I, I do struggle with that a lot, Ben. <laughs> um, Jesus doesn't start with a joke. Whether you think it's just some teachings that were assembled or it is an actual sermon, 
the fact of the matter is Jesus stands up and the very first thing he says is you're blessed. Hmm. Boom. And mic drop. Yeah. And, and, and then, and he names those who are blessed. Yeah. It's not just that he says, Hey, everybody's blessed, you know, like all lives matter. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Except in the moment, in the presence of, sometimes you need to be more specific. Mm-hmm. Not calls. sometimes. You always need to be more specific. And here's the thing. I think, I think uh, like the way this, this reads in Matthew, it says Jesus went up the mountain. Okay, so maybe it was a mountain, in which case if he was at the top of the mountain, he was probably having to yell so the people at the bottom could hear. Um, but I think, first of all, whether it was a mountain or a, a mound of high ground, so that he could be heard. Um, there's two things about that. One is he needed to be heard. I don't think he was just talking to the disciples. I think they were probably close by. But if there was a crowd there, I guarantee you Jesus did not ignore them. Mm. Right? Um, so he's speaking to the crowd um, from a vant- high vantage point so he could be heard. Plus, the thing about the mountain is that's where God lives. Yeah. Right? Sinai. Moses, so here's Matthew connecting Jesus to Moses and to the idea of the authority of God lives on the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so this, this, again, is a good reason why this is the longest continuous teaching. Matthew sets it up with vantage point and authority, and then Jesus starts talking, and boom, the first thing he says is, you're blessed. But then he goes on to call out, so, like you said, specific groups of yeah, of and people. he starts he starts talking about people, specific groups of people, the people that we would consider least likely to be blessed, and and lots of people will say things like yeah, but you know that was two thousand years ago, and so he's just talking to you have to remember in context, and oh please. Sure you do. You always do. Context mm-hmm. is always important. But the f- you can't tell me that there aren't poor in spirit in the world today. You can't tell me that there aren't people who are hurting and broken and persecuted and, and uh, abused. And, and like all of those things that Jesus names, they're here today. If, mm-hmm. you, if you put that in the, say, well, you have to put that in the context of 2,000 years ago, that's an easy way to distance yourself from it. It is. And it, so I... Some people listening to this may have seen this on Facebook, and if you haven't, you should check out the Six Ways from Sunday Facebook page. But um, you or Jackie, one of you posted, uh, shared a post that listed some of the examples that you gave uh, in your sermon last right. week, where you did bring it into this yeah. 2020 context. So tell, right. people, tell people a little bit about so, that. So here's the thing about that, is that I think, first of all, again, it's about getting up close to it, right? Embracing it and engaging it, which is going to be vitally important in about, well, if you read on about 30 seconds later. Um, But it's all about, to me, this is a piece that's all about embracing and engaging something. Um, And yes, in the moment. And uh, so here's Jesus. He looks at the crowd that's there. Um, He knows where people are at right now, right? Mm-hmm. He's just, sure, he's just started his ministry in Matthew, um, but he's been around enough to see. And he's, and he's remember, he's, he's 30, give or take, we think. And old. we haven't heard from him since he was 12. Yeah. So he's probably been around a bit, you know, and seen some stuff. And so he starts talking to the people that need to hear they are blessed. Mm. And it's the very people that society will tell you isn't. Um, in fact, it's the kind of people that society would like to avoid and ignore and marginalize, right? Um, and that's just the people that Jesus hangs out with. And so I look at that and I go, this, uh, you know, it's, it's not an exhaustive list, first of all. But also, okay, but let's use the same principle maybe and bring that into today. Um, and so I just kind of uh, started making a list of people who are hurting, um, you know, poor and and broken and people who are unemployed, people who feel like they're a failure because they can't find a job. That's not their fault. But it's hard not to feel like it when you're constantly facing mm-hmm. uh, not being able to find a job. Um, you know, it, it, it just makes sense to me that we would look at that and go, OK, let's bring it into the 21st mm-hmm. century. Um, let's oh. consider the people that are hurting. And, and in fact, um, I, you know, uh, that was, it was, it was great that I think that was in 
pulled out of a blog or out of something I wrote. Um, and that's great and everything. Um, it's not particularly poetic. <laughs> and, and, you know, honestly, if you're looking for a really good um, short video clip that really um, goes where this message goes, Nadia Boltz-Weber has it. There's a, it's a little clip called, um, it's from a series, and it's, I think this one's called um, Blessed Are the Unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's awesome and it's beautiful. Yeah. And at the Her, end of it, um, she says, uh, you are of heaven yeah. and you yeah. are blessed. And, and I think that's so, that's the, the point is not just, first of all, don't let anybody tell you you're not blessed because there's lots of, I'm going to call them faith traditions, although I don't see where the faith is in this, but that are so fear-based and so anxious to make sure that you think that you have to hear what they have to say, that they're going to tell you you're not blessed, but I can make you blessed. Hmm. This is how you become blessed. Again, in about 30 seconds, we're going to find out that, in fact, that's not what's going on here. But um, you are blessed just because you're you, however you are, mm-hmm. whoever you are. Then now let's narrow that down to where people are right now particularly people who need to know because as a society we're, we're constantly saying, Oh, I've been blessed with this mm-hmm. or, you know, so-and-so was blessed with good looks or, um, he's got, so-and-so was blessed with the touch for that. You know, they know mm-hmm. how to do that or so-and-so was blessed. Um, so-and-so was blessed as a skater and now is a famous hockey player. Right. You know, those kind of, it's, that's, those are blessings. Become, it's, it's treated as synonymous with, Having having stuff, yeah, or good fortune, right? Um, Absolutely, same was true in Jesus' day. Except they kind of went all in in the opposite direction too. um, Is that if there was something, anything that we as a society deem might be wrong with you, it's because God is punishing you, so you must have sinned. Yeah, it's for some like even if you like if you have a bad accident or you get sick, you're being punished. You must have sinned. Yeah. You are a sinner. God is angry sin. with God's me, angry with you, or God's blessing you're going to be me. punished. It's, right. it's kind of it's really kind of binary. It's black right. and white. And and we still, you know what? We perhaps not quite to the same extent. We still do it now. You know, Donald Trump is God's punishment on the U.S. for no. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but people still do that. People still talk about how hurricanes are God's punishment on a city. Right? And people still say stuff like that. They still say stuff like that. And, and if you were spared by the hurricane, so you were wrong. blessed. Yes, it's <laughs> so wrong. Um, you're blessed by God just because you are. Yeah. You Just because you are. Um, and if you are somebody who feels that you aren't for any circumstance whatsoever, you are someone who needs to hear even more that you are blessed. And I think those um, those modern examples that you listed and that Nadia Boltzweber listed in her video are so such... It's such a powerful way of helping people to feel connected to that message because, uh, like you played it in church last Sunday, her her video, and it go, she goes on and on and on. And just when you think like, okay, she's named everybody now, she thinks of another few ways of framing it, and some of them will resonate and connect with, mm-hmm. with you more than others. Like one I remember her saying was, blessed are are those who have to keep it together because everyone around them mm-hmm. is falling apart or not able to keep it together. Yeah. Blessed are, uh, well, one, one of the examples from your list that I really liked was, uh, blessed are those who, uh, you have to remind me of the exact words, but around like, if you don't feel like you fit in or you don't have the, the right fashion or the, the you don't, Oh yeah. The, not the latest. It yeah. Person, you don't have the, yeah. It, yeah that it look yeah. or whatever. And it's like, those those um, those very specific examples make it relatable and able for people to engage and yeah. connect with the, the idea more. So uh, plus plus, we're we're not the only ones who did that, uh, or have done that, or have talked about that. I'm sure a thousand preachers have. Oh yeah. Um, the thing the thing I think that's really important to remember though is that you can too, and you should. You should. Um, uh, kind of try and put your head in that that place where you kind of go, you know, you, or you encounter somebody who is going to fit into that, one of those categories of the mm. least likely to be blessed and go, you are blessed and be sure to remind them. 
Yeah. Right. In other words, uh, and don't don't just sorry, don't just remind them that they are blessed. Um, share your blessing with them by showing them that they're blessed. Right. Because um, that's the next piece. Well, so I th- I'm glad you said that because I think that I think showing through action is so much more important than telling. And maybe that's what you mean by telling someone. But if, especially for people who fall into some of those categories that you listed and that the Nadia Boltzweber listed. How do you just say to someone, you know, blessed are the blessed are the mentally ill, blessed are the depressed. You're blessed when you come across someone in your life who's really struggling. It's kind of the last thing they want to hear, right? Like, oh, sure I am because I'm unemployed, I'm depressed, I'm, you know, something's going on in their life that's mm. really challenging. It's, it's going to be pretty hard to hear someone just say, don't forget... You're blessed. Right. It's yeah, like somebody like, who's struggling um, with a, 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 a tantruming two-year-old, and people tell them, "These are the best years. You gotta, you gotta hold on to this. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna look back, and it's like that's not helpful." <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's kind of like telling somebody they'll get over something when they're, you know, when they're, they're hurting. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, you can't make them just with words, um, and and you can't, you can't, y- you just can't leave it there. So just before we, because th- that's the next piece, right? Um, in the in the sermon, right? Okay. Not only did he not start with the joke, he just dove right in on the blessing thing. Then he got straight to the action. But just before we we get there, um, I have to say one of the things it's always really really bugged me um, back in the day on the hour of power. Uh, Dr. Robert Schuler used to begin every broadcast, at least any of the ones that I saw. His first words were always "God loves you, and so do I." <laughs> and I'd hear people talk about how, yeah, sure. Like, it's just so, that's so, come on. It's just, it's so cheesy. smarmy and stuff. And, and, uh, and cheesy. Yeah. And, and you know what I'm thinking? Like, I, and I wish I had been less of a coward and actually challenged people each time they said that. Cause how do, how the hell do you know? How the hell do you know? Like, I, I think, I, I think, you know what? I think he was sincere about that. I think he meant it. I think maybe he tried to, he, he also tried to show people that. I know it sounds cheesy and smarmy, but you know what? Who, you know who else said God loves you and so do I? Jesus! <laughs> right? Um, um, that's the true. thing. Is, and this is the, this is the thing that's so important about this beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and it's the, it's the um, I know I said there's two pieces in the Sermon on the Mount, um, uh, but part one has an A and B. Right? So part one is A, you are blessed. B, you are salt and light. Right? That's the next thing mm-hmm. Jesus says is mm-hmm. you are salt and light. And again, by the way, he doesn't say you are like it. He says you are. Mm-hmm. Just like he says you are blessed already. You don't have to be, do you something You don't have to, to do anything it. to do it. You just have to claim it. And that's the part about being salt and light, right? Salt is not, not only, and again, this is another one of those things where back in Jesus' day, salt was way more valuable, first of all. Mm-hmm. But, but secondly, what is also still true today is that it seasons things, right? It acts on things. By itself, it's nothing. When it acts on things, whether you're putting it on your food to make it tastier, whether you're throwing it on ice to get the ice to melt, whatever it is you're using it for. Preserving meat. Preserving meats. Yeah. It, it acts on something, right? Same is true of light. You can't see, I know scientists are going to say, yes, you can see light, but with your naked eye, you can't really see light. What you see is what it illuminates, right? What it reflects. Yeah. What, what, it, what, what it shows you, right? Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus says you are salt and light, he's essentially, I think saying you are blessed. Now go and do it. Mm. Be, be that blessing to everybody in the world. You know, be the seasoning for people in the world. Show them things. Yeah. Shine, right? Go and do it, right? Yeah. And wait, there's there's a C part to part one. Oh, um, goodness. Yeah, yeah. It's getting confusing. Okay. So you are blessed. That's A. You don't have to do anything to be blessed. You are blessed. Be salt and light. You don't have to do anything to be salt and light because you already are it. Okay. You just have to use it. And by the way, Jesus says... For anybody who thinks that I'm, any of the things that I'm about to say are because I want to do away with the law, you know, the God's, God's commandments, uh, all of those things that help us live ideally, ideally, and I realize that I'm being idealistic about this, but 
ideally to help us live better together. That's the point of the law. Mm-hmm. The law, not laws generally. Those are usually designed to punish people for doing wrong things. But the law is designed to help us live better together. Jesus says, no, this is all about fulfilling that. It's not about the words of the, the law. It's about what's at the heart of it. And what's at the heart of it is you are blessed. You are salt and light. Now I'm going to teach you how to do all of this stuff, right? Hmm. Um, and then he goes on. So here's, here's how I think we usually look at the Sermon on the Mount. We go, okay, nice opening, Jesus. And so if we want to be blessed and if we want to be light, we'll do this stuff. And what Jesus is in fact saying is, you already are. Hmm. And you show people when you go and do this, right? This is how you put it into practice. This is how you live that shows people you are already blessed. You are, it's not something, the rest of the Sermon on the Mount isn't about how to earn being blessed. Right. It's about how to live into your blessing. So I think, I think that's how, why I think there's two parts. I think part one is you're blessed, you're salt and light to fulfill who you are in the world. And then part B is now go and do it like this. So uh, refresh my memory because I don't know if I, and maybe I haven't read this part of the scripture in a long time or maybe never. But what does uh, what does he go into then in terms of these like so, in modern day version of uh, a YouTube how to video? What's the, what's the um, DIY on this? Well, he starts talking about the, he starts talking about the law, different different okay. laws, and he starts talking about um, what they might actually mean, right? Um, and and so. Um, uh, laws about um, how you treat people and how we, how we let's see essentially I think that's the point of the law like even right back to the Ten Commandments right we call them commandments mm-hmm. Jesus didn't call them commandments Moses didn't call them commandments they weren't called commandments until somebody started later centuries later going hey commandments they're not commandments <laughs> they're I think really great guidelines on how we should live better together and if you think about it going back to the Ten Commandments and and the first laws, right? Um, the people were, and we're getting near Lent too, so this is a really good timing for this. Um, they'd been slaves for for as long as anybody can remember. In fact, generations, so beyond past anyone could remember. And now suddenly they're free and they're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So what do they need? They need some way of figuring out how to interact with each other, how to get along with each other, how to create community amongst themselves. And so what's the first thing that happens? Well, here's, here's 10 ways that you, the things that will be really helpful. As structure. Right? And they're basically fundamental things, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, we frame most of them as don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't kill. Okay, but there's a flip side to that, which is give life. Yeah. Be life-giving to others, right? Um, you know, don't take the name of the Lord in vain, right? I'm, I'm in, see, in the back of my head already, I'm, I'm reverting to King James Version. Um, but, but, okay, so how about love and honor God? Later on, they, they say honor your, your parents, right? Yeah. So why not start with honor God rather than... You know, the negative. Yeah. 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 So we just, we, we're so good at framing things that way. And in fact, here's Jesus doing the opposite going, you are blessed. You are salt and light. Here's how to live into your blessing, right? Here's how to live that. You already are it. Here's how you can share it and enjoy it together and live together with it. So what stands out for you, Robin, is the biggest piece of of advice that Jesus had for that crowd in how to live out that blessing? Oh, is that a trick question? No, I'm just curious. Oh, like, Because okay. you said he, part two is kind of that how to live it out. And it's about, he references yeah. some of the... Is he referencing so, like Moses time, like laws? Or is he giving them kind of yeah, new No, not new ones. He's, he's talking about the, the, the law, how... See, I think one of the biggest um, uh, one of the biggest issues I think uh, I think for Jesus um, is around um, it, it, well the very thing that we were talking about a few minutes ago um, word versus action. Yeah. 
Right. Um, and 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 actually, I just phrase that as word versus action. And 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 of course, people will go. Um, it, we we tend to go either or, right? And 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 then somebody will go. You got to walk the talk, right? You gotta you gotta act on act to what you say, and and that's the and part of Jesus, right? We we're constantly framing things as opposition, uh, being in opposition to each other. It's this or this, and Jesus tends to frame things, I think, as and, mm-hmm. right? Um, and one of the reasons for that is, I think, is that he sees the law less as a uh, as a question of this is right, this is wrong, and more a question of this is what's at the heart of it and what is true, yeah. right? We see, especially in the 21st century, <coughs> excuse me, law isn't about justice. It's not about right and wrong. It's about law, right? Um, that's, for a lot of people, one of the biggest problems with the law is that uh, it frames things as don't do this or you'll be punished mm-hmm. rather than do this so we can all live together better right? and reap the benefits of that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think people, we've thought that way for like forever about retribution rather than restoration. Right. Right. And, uh, and along comes Jesus and goes, mm, hang on. It's about, it's about reconciliation. It's about restoration. It's about, um, getting to the heart of what, is meant here mm-hmm. and engaging that with each other. Right. Um, and, and so I think, I think, um, I think the balance for me, I think the balance of, um, the Sermon on the Mount is a lot of that sort of ethical teaching around things like that. Right. right. So, um, and, and then of course there's also, um, the Lord's prayer is, is that in there too. Yeah. Winds it up at the there's, end. Or? There's a moment there's a moment where one of the disciples goes teach us to pray and okay. and you know off goes Jesus. And that's the, the first time that he's kind of shared the Lord's prayer. What, uh, we, what we call the Lord's well, prayer. Right? Yeah. See there's two versions, right? Of course, there's Matthew Luke has a version too uh, in in a sense. The version that we know as the Lord's prayer comes from Matthew. It's more complete. Luke's version is shorter. Hmm. Um Luke also famously frames his his version of the air quotes beatitudes um, as um, blessed. You're blessed. This is this is blessed. This is blessed. This is blessed. And by the way, these people are going to get punished, <laughs> right? So he, there's a there's an or right. Right. There's a this side and that side. There's two sides to Less that. Them, yeah. And and I think Jesus is all about nope. There's only one side, and that's the side of you that is blessed. You just yeah. have to live it out. Let's do it. What are some of the things that, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but between uh, introducing that concept that you're blessed, you're salt and light, and before he gets to the Lord's Prayer, what are some of these instructions to live by that... Oh, you're testing me, Ben. I am. I'm testing. I'm putting you on the spot, Robin. You're going to thank me on Sunday when you get up and... But Ben, in the lectionary, we go, you know, Sunday by Sunday with the Sermon on the Mount... And the first piece in the lectionary is the Beatitudes. The second piece was the Salt and Light. The third piece is the next part. And that's so not until next week. That's not until next week. Uh, so why are you making me talk about that now? And we're going to have nothing to talk about next next week on the podcast. That's right. We'll have nothing to talk about. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, we'll have nothing to talk about. Um, the the thing I think the thing for uh, the thing for a lot of people when it comes to the Sermon on the Mount. Is and one of the reasons why we narrow it down to here the best bits is because he does go on, and he does go on um, talking about things that uh, they're they're very easy to go yes back in Jesus' day, and then kind of write them off as and stop. ancient and yeah. no no longer relevant yeah. 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 And, and, and again, that's another one of those things where much like the Beatitudes, okay, you're not finding that particularly relevant. So why don't you look a little bit deeper and look behind that and see what, like bring it into, bring it in 21st century. Right. Um, so, um, I, I think as Jesus goes on, okay, in context, he's talking to people about fairly specific things, but we could, we could actually bring them very easily. Actually, they're things we could easily bring in the 21st century. He starts talking about, um, like murder, like don't kill people. But, but again, I mean, uh, we're framing that as, um, we're framing that as, 
it's it's destructive. It's antagonistic. What's the origins of it? What's behind it? What what gets you to the point where you want to do that? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, adultery, everyone's favorite topic in the Bible. Um, you know, um, I think that's the one that has the uh, the one that I always think that's. I think that's all actually the one where. Um, that's one of my favorite parts because it always makes me it, it always makes me want to ask why there aren't more pirates in particularly evangelical traditions, um, because it's the one that talks about how you know if your right hand offends you you should cut it off and if your your eye offends you, <laughs> you should pluck it out. Yeah. Um, and if you're somebody who takes the Bible literally, I'm just going to point that verse out to you. Yeah. Because um, good luck getting through a week or even a day without there being something right because we're human beings beings. and then good luck on you getting through the rest of your life with no hand and no eye and you know you only have two of each right so that's not going to get you very far yeah yeah um uh divorce you know again that's um one of those things where it's it's very clear what that's about right um, but in fact, for Jesus, it's about relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, the, the, the ancient law about an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, right? There's another one I think that's in there somewhere. Um, and, uh, again, there are people who actually still think that's a valid, right? It's retribution, mm-hmm. right? You, it, it, what's that, that, uh, that line from the untouchables about, um, the Chicago way, um, you you take out one of ours, we ours. You we take out two of yours, yeah. you know, um, that that kind of thing. It's it's. Uh, oh, did you remember, remember that movie? No, I haven't um, seen it. Actually, it's Sean Connery. I can hear his voice actually in my head saying <laughs> it, and it was in a church. I think that he actually says it in a church. Hmm. Um, you know, love your enemies. Right. Good luck with that one. Right. Um, trying to get people to, to buy into that one. Um, there's there's so many uh, so many things. Um, there are so many things that we tend to pl- and and again I think it's I, I'm going to go back to the distance yourself from it thing. It's kind of like saying, well, you know, okay, put this in the context of Jesus talking to people two thousand years ago. You know, because 2,000 years ago, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's great. And I, I really appreciate we need to do. Absolutely. Context is important. Historical, uh, being informed about the historical context is absolutely important. It's also really easy to stop there and go, that's a way that I can kind of keep that on the shelf. I don't have to engage it. Um, instead of continuing down that path and go, but what does that look like today? Yeah. Because it's only going to be meaningful to me if I, it can bring it into today, right? It's not mean knowing a really interesting historical fact from two thousand years ago is is interesting, particularly if you play a lot of Trivial Pursuit. But beyond that, it's useless to you unless you find a way to make it relevant to your life today. Which I think is one of the reasons, sadly, why people are so quick to say stuff like the Bible is no longer relevant. Right. Okay. First of all. Um, it probably isn't if you're reading the King James Version. Secondly, um, it's only not relevant if you stop uh, at the point of how you can bring it into the 21st century, right? We say that a lot about myths, right? Ancient Greek myths and, 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 and th- uh, origin stories from different cultures. Um, that's fascinating, but that has no relevance to me whatsoever. Are you sure? Well, I, I, I can think see about that. how you might bring that into your into today. Yeah, I really relate to that though, because, and that's what I love about um, about your sermons and about your blogs and about these podcasts is that I'll read something in the, from the Bible and I'll I'll really struggle to take it very much further past just okay, this is what this is the way the events happened, this is what was said, and just left kind of wondering about how it could relate to or apply to my life today. And then I'll be sitting in church on a Sunday morning and you'll say something like, you know, I think what Jesus really meant by that. And so you're applying your interpretation to it, but an interpretation that comes out of, you know, years of um, studying scripture and being a minister for what, 12 years now, you have, 
you you're bringing so much more to that line of scripture than I might be when I'm reading it on my own, that when you say, you know, I think what Jesus maybe meant by that was this, because he also said this, and he also said that previously, and this is the context of what was going on at the time, and this is what was going on with the disciples. And it instantly for me is like, oh, okay, well, yeah, now I, now I get it, or now, I, now I'm getting some value from it, where on my own, I, I just kind of feel like... Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's so interesting. Um, um, one of the things about this salt and light thing, um, and I think one of the reasons why people are so quick to, to look at it the other way around, to look at it as, um, you, you know, you can be blessed if you do this, is that we're so used to hearing Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is uh, the bread of the bread of life. Um, Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is good shepherd. The word made flesh. Jesus is also the the um, the gate of the sheepfold as well. Those are all from John. All of mm. those images are from John. Matthew goes. Jesus says, "You are salt and light." Hmm. Interesting. Not I'm light, but you are. And and we're so quick, I think we're so quick to dismiss our our power to be Jesus. Do I mean that? Our, yes, I do. Well, like our own, that, that Jesus is, we are Jesus. The we're, idea that we as humans have any sort of divinity is uh, oh, a kind of heresy but, within a lot of but, the church. But we're created in the image structure. of God. You just, wait, wait, at the beginning of the Bible, you said we're created in the image of God. How is God not in me then? Yeah. Uh, I'm at the very least a reflection of God. Yeah. Um, but if God is is creation, if God is in all creation, and, and I am made of the earth, then I am at least part, the, I'm part, partly God-like. That's not what I mean. I'm partly God. I don't mean God-like. I'm partly God. It's like saying you are blessed or you're kind of like blessed. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's why I think it's so important for us to recognize that that um, it's not about being perfectly like Jesus is described to be perfect. Because remember, it's a human being who wrote those stories out that made Jesus look perfect. I don't think Jesus was perfect Hang on, I'm just going to wait for the lightning strike. Um, because Jesus was human as well, right? And we're human. Um, we're just we're also so human that we're not in touch with the ways in which we are connected to the divine, right? Um, or is attuned to that. Um, and and yet uh, here's Jesus, in fact, having to start out by saying, "You are blessed, yeah, because you're you're of God. Our, you're our blessed." Last, was it our last episode on the podcast, Robin? That we because we missed last week. It's been a couple of weeks, but we had a great conversation about um, the humanity and the divinity of Christ. Yeah, and how there's there's both. There's that mix. It's an both. and. Yeah, it's an and exactly. So that he's he's both, and so are we. Mm-hmm. And and we touched on that last time, but we're getting a little bit deeper into it this time, which is awesome. The the language around light is really interesting to me. And when since reading your blog, I got thinking about that more. And I was listening to another podcast recently. Um, have you, do you know who Dax Shepard is? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, and are you familiar with Sam Harris? Uh, so, actor, right? Uh, no, he's no? so Sam Harris has his own podcast okay. called Waking Up. And he's also released, he's a psychologist. He also oh, okay. released um, an app, a meditation app called Waking Up. And it's like a, a course. So you can go through. Mm-hmm. I did a, a, a trial. Like I tried, out, tried it out with the, the free trial. And I'm thinking about, about purchasing it because it's, and this isn't a, a paid ad or anything. It, it really impacted me the first, just the first week or so of doing mm-hmm. it. But it's like a 50-day thing you can go through that walks you through learning mindfulness and learning some of the technique around meditation and mindfulness. And Sam Harris, uh, he talks about how, you know, a few hundred years ago, the idea of people lifting steel weights to make their muscles stronger, people would have said, you want to do what? <laughs> they, people just worked hard. The, no, the idea mm-hmm. of let's go and fi- do some physical training to get strong was completely unheard of. But now in today's society, we, we get pretty soft, right? Because mostly... We're not doing that much physical mm-hmm. labor and blah, blah, blah. So we have this thing called physical training. Well, he said, I would love for people in the future to look back and say, oh, remember back in the late 1900s and the early 21st century, the idea of mental training was new. So it's kind mm-hmm. of analogous to that. Where So he's trying to sort of promote this idea that just like we 
we now value physical training and keeping our bodies um, healthy through working your body and working your, uh, your muscles, we need to do the same thing with, with that organ in between our ears and actually do some mental training for mental fitness and mindfulness. So that's what his, his podcast is about, and it's called Waking Up. He was a guest on the Dax Shepherd podcast, though, and they were talking about meditation. They were talking about mindfulness. And Dax Shepard was asking Sam Harris about this idea of, of, to me, it's really around identity. And they were talking about how, you know, there, there's no single place in the human brain where you can say, well, there, that, there's Robin. <laughs> Here he is in this part of the brain. You, you, like, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, the idea that a person is not their body, obviously. A person is not their brain. That's just a part of their body. And so where is Robin? Where is Ben? You can't, you can't point to it. You can't, it doesn't show up on any scan or any, um, you know, there's no, there's no one spot in the brain that you can point to. We, we, we kind of perceive that I'm, I'm somewhere here behind my, behind my eyes, looking out and through the, through my skull and seeing the world through my vision, but that's not where I am. I don't. So when you talked about this idea that you are light, you're salt, you are light in your blog and coming from the Sermon on the Mount, I, it, it seemed like it perfectly fit into that for me because just the way light reveals an object, like you said, like your coffee cup there, I'm not, you could argue, I'm not seeing your coffee cup. I'm just seeing a reflection of that cup because light is hitting it and reflecting off. You know, that theory that if you had something that absorbed every ray of light that, that hit that object and, and not, no light bounced off of it, you wouldn't see it. It would just be a black hole. We only see that which is reflected. We don't even see the object itself. And I think that we show up in the world for other people a little bit like that. The people aren't seeing... I'm not seeing you. I'm kind of seeing a reflection of you. And the way you live your life is a reflection of who you are. And so I, I see that, you know, th- that shows up for me. So, uh, uh, I, okay, I, I see where you're going with it. Um, and uh, it's that it's, uh, I, I think what you're saying is most people, most people, when you say things like you are light or go and be salt and light, um, most people interpret that as, you know, shine. Shine brightly. Shine yeah. brightly. Yes. Shine. Um, and you want to go further and say more than that, your very existence is light. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, this to me, this podcast is really about wrestling with the hardest questions that, that we have as humans. And the most fundamental one there is, is... Who are we? What are we? I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get much more fundamental than the the why are we here and and what are we? Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly when you start talking about things about where did we come from, and where do we go to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think uh, particularly uh, particularly for um, going back to the historical context for a second, that would have been way like not even in the general vicinity of the continent in which you might find the town in which the ballpark exists where there is a left field for <laughs> the people that Jesus was talking to. Oh, of course. You would have been um, but again, it's, you know, it's again, insane it's to ask one of those kind of moments questions. where where you kind of go that doesn't make it any less true that um we in this era might look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might speak to that. Um, well, like the um, the um, uh, wellness book club recently uh, read, uh, "You Are Here" by Nick Nathan. Yeah, and um, again, uh, there's a lot in that. That if you present it to somebody as a Buddhist monk says this, they're going to go, "Oh, yeah, that's Buddhist for you." But okay, let me just frame that slightly differently with different language. Oh yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, that's what we think. And and it's that whole thing about the oneness of things. You can't talk about you can't you can't dismiss somebody saying there is a oneness and we are all one. 
in the way that he does in that book and then then turn around and go we're all connected by god yes that's and, and it and not recognize that you're saying the same thing you're saying it's the same thing language. it's yeah. different language we're yeah. we're you know the great fabric of creation same thing yeah it's the same thing um May the force be with you. May the force be with you, yes. Well, and that's, you know, again, there's one of those things where uh, there's a fine line, though. And and uh, how, how quickly you can cross it where people go, oh, you must mean this. And in fact, no, you didn't. Right? So, um, and this whole idea of oneness is one of those things where you talk about the oneness of things. We're not talking about, we're not, um, we're not talking about the Borg, Right? The point of the Borg is, to bring it in 21st century, con well, 24th century context, um, the point of the Borg is that you are assimilated into their collective and you are one. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. So how is that any different than saying we are one? Well, actually, it's very different because the context in which we are one allows for the individuality and uniqueness of each of us. Yeah. And in the context of the Borg, it does not. You gotcha. are simply one, right? And and that's that's for for me that's one of the things about particularly um, faith traditions. I'm still going to call them that, even though I'm not sure where the faith is. Um, who believe that the oneness comes from us all being exactly the same? Mm -hmm. That there is a right, right way to. That's to also, be. by the way, the logic that say white supremacists use. Um, we are one because we're the same, mm -hmm. except we're not. Nobody is, right? Um, and, and unless, well, actually, even if you're a clone, you're still not exactly the same. I, I know we want to say, but you can't be exactly the same because there's two of you or however many, right? Yeah. I, do you know what I mean? There, there's, and that's the, the thing about a lot of this is, is, uh, a lot of this kind of stuff is that when we start talking about how we are all connected, we are all part of the same fabric. Uh, and that's why I like the fabric image, right? Cause we're all threads, right? God is God's color is plaid. <laughs> right, I said that that uh, uh, what, a couple of months ago, I think. Yeah. Um, that we tend to. In fact, it's interesting how we have church colors. Um, one of which is that you know at Christmas and and Easter it's white. Right. Interesting choice. I tend to like gold, but okay, go with white even. Um, but I think God's color is plaid because it's all of the colors interacting with each other. A rainbow plaid, probably. It, probably a rainbow plaid, even yeah. Um, but but that's the thing about that is that uh, so even when Jesus says things like you are blessed, yes you are everyone is but hang on I'm going to narrow it down for you because you're a unique individual mm -hmm. right um, I think I think that's like I was talking about how we hear these stories about Jesus healing people or doing miracles and things and the story goes um, this person came to Jesus or Jesus found this person. Boom, this happened. And I think, okay, you just missed out on like the probably couple hours Jesus sat and chatted with them. Um, probably started with, tell me your story, how are things going? And then tried to remind them that they were blessed. They probably said, oh yeah, thanks Jesus, that's just words. So Jesus showed them they were blessed. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, he, he was salt and light to them. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really interesting when, uh, actually, it's a really interesting sidebar conversation there is that, that, Principally, we understand that when we say you are light, we mean go and shine, illuminate, right? Yeah. Um, show people, right? But um, why why wouldn't we now, because we do and our brains go there, why wouldn't we then go a little bit further and go, okay, but how does that connect to who and how and what we are in terms of our understanding of where we come from, where we go to, and how this um, current existence uh, in that... in um, you are here, I think he says, manifestation, right? Mm -hmm. This existence is a manifestation of the spirit that we are, mm -hmm. which is what? Well, light, mm -hmm. right? Um, there and, you are, which right is, there. Which is energy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, the, the, um, there's lots more. There's lots more in the sermon. I, I actually shouldn't even go, yeah, there's two parts, the A part and the B part, because, in fact, I then went, okay, so part one has A, B, and C. Right. Part two has A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, G, like and the we, end of and double we letters. just right? barely scratched um, the surface. Because there's also some yeah. really cool stuff in there about, um, uh, you know, the... Um, the thing about don't don't worry because God will take care of us, right? You know, like look at the birds mm. of the air and the mm. flowers of the oh, field. That's part of it too. That's in there too. 
there's a whole pile of really familiar things. Uh, treasures. We are treasures, right? Um, in earthen in earthen vessels. Is that how it goes? I forget. Anyway, um, I know I shouldn't forget because I should have memorized it. But all that would give me is the words. Yeah. Right. That's another. Again, another thing is that it's it's not even when it comes to Jesus and the story, and the things Jesus says. It's not the words. It's what you do with it. So how do we turn those those things into being salt and light for the world. Mm. That's a, that's a fantastic place to I think bring it to a close for today, Robin. And that's cool. that nails it on the head. Um, I love the different places that we explored this story and pulled There's at so it. So many and, sidebars. Yeah, in this, like it really right? is. You we could, could go, go in so many different directions. I think at the beginning of this conversation as you were sort of setting up the context of what you were going to talk about, there was at least three or four points where you said, and we could talk about that. And then we didn't. And right. we could talk about this. And then we didn't have time to. And so we'll have to go back so, and listen. And, and you know, those can be future you topics. Know, uh, three chapters worth of Matthew, right? The Sermon on the Mount, five, six, and seven. Um, and you know, probably at the end of that, at the end of all of that, you can bet one of the disciples turned to Jesus and went, you know, that could have been like five speeches, Jesus. <laughs> like, did you have to throw everything on? Like, you lost people back there somewhere. Like, they're going to have to write... Somebody's going to have to write this down. We're going to have to read it later. You, yeah, you could have turned this into five different TED Talks instead of packing exactly. it into one. Yeah, if Jesus... Focus, if, Jesus. If Focus. Jesus had a TED Talk. Well, thank you, Robin. This was awesome. And uh, next week, I'm going to be traveling. So we're going to have to figure out something. I'm, we might be able to squeeze one at the end of the week I'll be, I'll be back for valentine's day i'll be home on friday so maybe that'll work out but uh if not it could be a little bit a uh, little bit of a wait until our next episode but um this is our second episode of the season i know i would love to get a few guests on the lineup soon there's a couple people that i had tried to line up for kind of the late november and into december that didn't work out yet so they're still on my radar to get on the show in the next coming few weeks but this, um, this is an interesting time of year to be exploring these stories and then leading into Lent soon. So I'm really looking forward to the next conversation that we have over another cup of coffee. And thanks again for today. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on the podcast today. I hope that you got lots out of this conversation. And as always, we would love it if you could help us to grow this community by sharing some of these episodes that you enjoy with some of your friends through social media. And you can also subscribe to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast on iTunes or the podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for spending some time with us today. And until next time, take care and be well.